Another day in quarantine. It's a Thursday. It's Drop the Subject. It's Allie and James. And we are here to keep you company for the next four hours of your life. Okay. And you can't get those hours back. So commit now. (laughs) Just be done with it because you've got extra time on your hands. Let's face it. If you're, you know, picking up random skills and things that you've never thought that you would get into, like fluting. That's time that you're choosing to spend on something random. So why don't we be that something random for you? Okay, drop the subject with Allie and James. How are you, James? I I love being random. So I love that we get to be the random thing that people yeah. get to know. We're the flute alternative. We are your new random skill. Yeah, listening to radio. How's that? It's a novelty <laughs> item, isn't it? it? It for four hours straight. We promise you, we will be that way. <laughs> Be good. We will be good and we will be random. (laughs) Um, You, I wanted to ask you, because it was something we were chatting about just before we came on the air today. You did something last night with your spouse, Chris, who uh, you you ordered from a new restaurant, which takes some guts nowadays. Yep. yep, Um, Sure does. And, you know, because when you try a new restaurant, you're sitting down. That's one experience. But if you're ordering takeout... And just taking it home, you really want it to be good. So being adventurous and trying something new and ordering off a brand new menu, it's it's a risk. And it's a risk you took. But what <laughs> happened in the end is something that I can relate to. And, uh, and I think it, it's something so minor, but it's something that carries in a relationship, right? Oh, this, man. What happened will be brought up multiple times for four years to come yeah I, I committed one of the like cardinal relationship sins and that was well we were on our our walkabout so we do sort of a daily walkabout and we take the dog and we walk around the neighborhood and you know we got our masks and we physically distance and all that jazz and we walk by we live in a really great neighborhood that's got lots of little locally owned businesses so we're walking past this restaurant and there's a there's a Vietnamese restaurant that we have like always been wanting to try so we stop and looked at the menu and we're like this looks great we're gonna do this tonight and so Chris took the dog and I was like, okay, I'll order my turn to buy dinner. So he, I was like, what do you want? And he said, I want the spring rolls with chicken and I want filet mignon pho. Whoa. I'm like, all right, cool. Very specific. And also it's filet pho. It's like, it's also, I felt like it was maybe a little warm for pho. I kind of am like a cold (laughs) person for pho, but like, well, that's okay. Like it's it's, it's his meal, whatever. And I was like, cool. I'm going to get the veggie stir fry. Sounds great. Here we go. So I go in, I was, she was like, okay, what can I get you? And you know, we're all socially distanced and whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I will do the spring rolls, the filet mignon pho, and the Mm -hmm. vegetable stir fry. And she's like, oh, what do you want in your spring rolls? And I was like, what do you have? And she said, well, chicken, shrimp, pork, tofu. And I was like, oh, let's do shrimp. Oh, no. So Oh, you went shrimp instead of chickens. But but then here's the thing. So she's like, well, it's going to be like half an hour. We're kind of busy. And I was like, no problem. We'll walk home. And then one of us will like drive back and get the whatever. So we walk home. We we get in the house. I go to work out. Chris like does this thing for a little while. And then he jumps in the car to drive back to get the food and brings the food back in. And I can hear him. I'm in the backyard working out and I can hear him into the kitchen. (sighs) 
And then <laughs> I come, he comes outside and he's like, well, the passive aggressive sigh, the passive aggressive side, new place I looks really good, but they still didn't get, they didn't get our order. Right. And I was like, Oh, what do you mean? And he was like, well, it's shrimp, uh, spring rolls. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> Oh yeah. That damn restaurant. You should have just uh, gone with throwing the restaurant under the bus. They're not there. Right. Well, so that's themselves. the thing I was like, do I throw the restaurant under the bus or do I throw myself under the bus? <laughs> and in a split second, I was like, no, because maybe if we, what if we want to go back and like, if they screwed it up, that might be it for this restaurant. Right. Like yeah. there might, there might not be any more ordering. So I was like, no, no, no. I was like, Oh, that was me. I told her to shrimp. And he's like, I told you chicken. <laughs> and I was like, I, I'm sorry, babe. I, I'm my bad. Totally, totally my bad. And he just like turns around and walks out. I'm like, all right, fine. So we go to sit and then we go to like, I'm, I'm done working out. So it's time to eat whatever. Chris grabs the pho and he starts putting it all together, except it's filet mignon pho. Right. And so it's really thin pieces. Yeah. Those of thin strips. Yep. That are mostly like, they're like slightly more than rare. Well, Chris doesn't like rare steak. So he pulls oh, so these slices of meat disappointment. Out. Yeah. And he's like, why is this rare? Did they not? Do I need to cook it? Do they not cook it? I'm like, no, babe, that's how it comes. And he's like, no, I'm cooking this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but isn't the point that it cooks in the broth? In the broth. Right. But I, he was like, I'm just going to cook it a little bit and then it'll cook in the broth. So he's sitting down eating this steak that he's not fully committed to. And he's like a little bit worried about. And then he's eating these spring rolls that he didn't really want because he wanted chicken spring rolls. And you're enjoying and your talk, stir fry. My stir fry was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like shoving it in. And he is he is not looking at me, but glaring at me. You, you know that one? Well, yeah, he brought like, it up I'm, before we went on the air today. So this has been carried uh-huh. over. He probably dreamt about it. It was the first uh-huh, thing yeah. he thought about when he woke up. And yep. and trying a new place and then being disappointed in what you, in the risk that you took, that's like, as I said, when you listen to this show, you can't get the time back. But if you eat that food and you've made that decision, you can't get that food. You can't go back in time. Those you can't calories, redo that. Yeah. Right. Though yeah. you Exactly. So I, I totally relate. I understand. I have... I've had several discussions with my wife about a wrong order that she consistently gets of mine at Taco Bell, where all I want is Taco (laughs) Supreme. Just I want the classic regular Taco Supreme. Not once, not twice, but thrice has she come back with soft chicken tacos. And I'm like, you (laughs) monster. Same thing. That is so like you would have to say, I would like a soft chicken taco. If you just say, I would like a taco supreme, they will give you a crunchy taco with beef. I don't understand why, like, what is the disconnect there? Very simple. And what could be the disconnect that many times? And it's the same thing where it's not a new restaurant, but I've already made the decision to eat Taco Bell. Right. So then you you have your tongue and mouth and heart and mind set on something. Yes. And those those old school fast food tastes, they don't leave you. Those, like, I can still taste... Happy Meal chicken nuggets. I can still taste double cheeseburger meal. At you, you know exactly what it tastes like. And when it's just slightly off, instant anger. Well, we have all kinds of other stuff to give you uh, today. We're not only going to talk about pho and <laughs> tacos, <laughs> but it, they might make an appearance again. Who knows? Just drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James Simmons and... There are a lot of different situations happening right now when it comes to quarantining. You might be quarantining with family, might be quarantining with your partner. You might be currently divorcing your partner because of this quarantine. Or maybe it's brought you closer together. Maybe you've 
moved a little faster with your significant other and moved in sooner than you thought because, hey, that's what the pandemic does to relationships. On the other hand, maybe you're single and you've been alone or with a roommate quarantining this entire time. The point is, these different situations are, I believe, sort of sectioning us off and 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 mm. almost seg- segregating us in a way where and I don't know about you James and I'd love to hear from from the listeners as well what you think about this at DTS show you can message us but is quarantine driving singles and couples apart when it comes to friendships and and just relationships in general we have a, a kind of a mixed bag of friends. We've got couples, we've got people with babies, we've got singles, and there is sort of this awkwardness that has presented itself when we are talking to our single friends because they're having such a different experience than we are. And I think that sometimes our single friends are viewing it as, well, we have each other, so everything's fine. And I have it really hard because I'm single and I can't even go date because I'm not allowed to. So I'm sitting here by myself and this is super depressing. And there's this kind of disconnect that's happening where I I feel bad or we feel misunderstood from each other. And is that kind of driving singles and couples apart? Wow. You know, this is. I guess I would have never, this is one of those extra layers of of pandemia, right? That you don't even think about going into this because I, I think a lot of being single also comes with different layers that people have gotten used to in terms of people who are single, but dating are often sort of in a, a nebulous situation with someone or multiple someone's. So Right now, we're living in this either or, like this very black or white. You are either single and home alone. Yeah, there's no gr- there's no gray area. There's no gray, or you're either coupled. And so singles are like, well, I used to kind of be single, but I would kind of hang out with this guy on the weekends for a, a, multiple nights, or maybe we'd, we'd you know, go to each other's house a couple times a week, and now we're just, just like, none of that. Like, none of that is going on. And I, I think it's, you know, I think we talked about this in the show yesterday, too, about this whole, whole like, grass is greener concept um, that I think single people are like, well, it's better because you have someone. And, you know, when you right, but that not your my partner's order, <laughs> like, right. uh, is it always better that I'm constantly around <laughs> someone, you know? Right. I think that it, it can be a blessing and a curse when you are around somebody, even especially somebody that you love in a way, because you are around that person 24 seven. And my wife and I have talked about it a lot. Okay. Why don't we have different evenings tonight? We'll just completely go our separate ways this evening Mm. and just kind of take some time for ourselves because we're not having that separation where you're leaving the house and going to work or coming back or I'm going to go to the grocery store or whatever. Um, So you kind of need to pick and choose those moments where you do need a little bit of space. You need some individual time. On the other hand, yeah, it is beneficial that we have each other. If I was alone, it definitely would be a completely different experience. And then the other layer to this is we have a friend who was asking, inquiring about possibly uh, planning a visit in recent w- in the next few weeks, like not tomorrow or anything, but like, hey, uh-huh. as we're talking about opening things up, uh, you know, she lives sort of nearby, but she was talking about coming over and 
And then I thought in my head, I was like, is she dating is she 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 dates pretty actively like she's usually doing the tinder hookups and stuff like that and then i kind of felt bad for ask like wanting to ask out or thinking that and being like are single people i don't know like if sing i have another single friend who is hooking up right now and she probably shouldn't be and then it's like but isn't it easy for us when we're a couple to be like judgy of uh, of singles and the single is probably like, I'm lonely, man. I'm just trying to do the best I can here. Like, give me a sure. break. But it might not even necessarily be. See, I, I'm I'm not one to subscribe to the fact that I just need to ask you questions in order to keep myself and my family safe does not mean I'm judging you. Right. So, like, I, I, I mean, I get it. Like. No, you should not be hooking up with random people right now yet. We're getting closer, people, but we're not there yet. <laughs> we're, we're just not there. So keep it all electronic at this point. I know you're probably over it. But like, I'm also like, okay, if you're hooking up or maybe hooking up with someone who you had hooked up with before and maybe you trust this person or whatever, like, I'm not going to judge you. But also, like, who have they been around? Who have they been around? It's the old model, you know, the, the public health models about, like, spreading STDs. Yeah. Like, oh, well, this, oh, I trusted this one guy. Okay, well, who did, who were the four people he slept with in the last month? And then exactly. they slept with and whatever. And then, so then right. you're just protecting yourself. And I think that is totally okay. And it just is, you're right, this disconnect between singles and couples. It's hard for us to sort of understand each other during the pandemia yeah i mean you want to group into like my with like-minded people that you can relate to right so then naturally because of that singles and couples will mm. congregate in their yeah. own because they can relate anyway interesting stuff okay when we come back what are we gonna do oh nancy pelosi man she is throwing shade at she's she's throwing shade at donald trump i know that's not surprising but it's what she's saying <laughs> and how she's saying it that is it's very interesting quote clap back we'll talk about that when we get back Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. You know, working for an LGBT radio station, we know a thing or two about shade. I would imagine. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'll just go with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I'm Allie. This is James. And, of course, we're both members of the LGBTQ plus community. And... With things like RuPaul's Drag Race and Project Runway, I mean, the, the shade... The, the ability to properly deliver shade runs deep in the pulse of the LGBTQ plus community, I would think. I mean, we're tested on it every five years. It's like a board right? certification. Like we have to get <laughs> recertified and be able to throw shade. And, and the parameters of shade change as you age, but it's still always a qualification to get our gay card stamped. That's true. It's like an LGBT. Yeah, it's like a gay SAT. Yes, yes, that's it's exactly S-H-A-D-E. <laughs> Very good, Allie. Uh, okay. <laughs> but so I think it's it's only relevant that we help Nancy Pelosi Nancy Pelosi because she has been trying to dish out some shade she's been trying to clap back and I think she's actually getting worse at it yeah I feel like she's sort of doing the like and, I mean and Nancy Pelosi for for what it's worth is kind of a hip lady and she tries to like you know do her thing and she apparently gets invited to things like the Met Gala and all this kind of stuff mm -hmm. right but she's 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 moved fully into like dad joke what whatever the equivalent of like old white lady trying to throw shade would be but it, they're coming off as like dad jokes well it started off as like that clap right the Nancy clap Right, right. The like, I'm like throwing shade towards you, clap, whatever, which was yeah. good. Which like, was less a great. Is more. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great diss. And I think that she got real nods of approval from the gays on that one. Yeah, absolutely. It's still used in memes often. It is. And so, respect, Nancy. Then she called him 
somebody then she said recently that he has mental problems which is <laughs> which is okay interesting then she called him morbidly obese which mm, i don't know where that falls uh, and then yeah. This was her most recent rant on the President of the United States. Just take a listen, because I think that she's really, she's really going off the rails, and there's a specific point where that happens. You're asking me about the appropriateness of the actions of this President of the United States? So completely inappropriate in so many ways uh, that it's almost a given. It's like a child who comes in with mud on their pants or something. It, that's the way it is. They're outside playing. That's what it is. He comes in with doggy do on his shoes, and everybody who works with him has that on their shoes, too, for a very long time to come. So I have notes. <laughs> You're like, okay, so Nancy, um, good first try. This would be, this is sort of like an audition, right? Where you go into an audition and there's like a panel of people or or whatever, or you're like in a panel interview for that last job you got, whatever. And they would be like, okay, so that was an interesting answer. Let's ask the question in a different way. You know, like we, we right. have no, because here's the thing. I will say this. As two people who, at least me for the last several weeks, you have to think on the fly and think on your feet. And you can't, I, 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 I use lots of bad language sometimes and you can't swear. So if Nancy Pelosi is being interviewed live on one of these, you know, cable news networks or something, then she's like, got to come up with something on the fly without using bad words or like whatever, right? And her image is a thing. So I can totally get how I think she was trying to mix two different analogies and it just yes. ended up coming off as not very good. Well, this would be, I guess, from a comedy standpoint, this would be open mic material. This would yeah. be something that you've just written or just thought of in your head uh-huh. and and you're kind of workshopping it. It's not ready for the yep. big stage yet. Yeah, you're testing I, it out. Yeah. Yeah. Where I mean she's kind of like appropriateness of the uh, actions here, of this president of the United States. So completely inappropriate in so many ways uh, that it's almost a given. And she's got her arms up like, I mean, come on, guys, it's almost like a given. A child who comes in with mud on their pants or something. It, that's the way it is. They're outside playing. That's what it is. He comes in with doggy do on his shoes and everybody... <laughs> she's like, where am I going with, with this? Right. And then she's like moving too. on to all the other people. She's like, but what are, what are the other guys? They've all for got... a very long time to come. They all have doggy do on their shoes for a very long time to come. Uh, you know, what's the matter with him... Uh, uh, the things he says are so inappropriate for a president of the United States. The comments he makes about women, the comments he makes about women, so inappropriate. I think that she has just lost all ability to give a crap about the way, like she's just like, I don't have any more Fs left to give and I'm yep. just going to talk. Anytime somebody asks me about this guy, I'm just going to say whatever the hell I want because then, that's where it's come, and then they just keep fueling each other back and forth. You know what I mean? It just right. doesn't end. I mean, uh, yes, I, and and I think this is going to be really funny to watch. I do have to say, I hope they stay out of the mental health territory, by the way, and the body shaming territories. Like, I'm a little bit like, eh, like I kind of want to be like, oh, whatever, you're fat, you know. But like, I feel like we've sort of needed <laughs> right. to move on from those, and like from an individual who works a lot with uh, like individuals who have mental health. Like, I sort of want to be like, let's just not say he has a mental health problem, like. No, but Nancy. But will he's help crazy. You out. We'll we'll help you come up with something else, Nancy. 
We'll help. Yes, uh, the the gays are on it. Don't worry, Nancy. We've got your back, and we've got shade, proper shade coming your way for your next open mic. We'll be right back with more. Drop the subject. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. All right, drop the subject with Allie and James. Always good to hear from you on our social media at DTS Show on Twitter and Instagram. You can always interact with us. Please do. We have just heard from Caroline Marie, who's a big fan of the show, and says, James, you mentioned yesterday the Sin City Classic in Vegas in yesterday's show. I've been going to that tournament for dodgeball the last three years. So funny to hear it off, off, over the air. Viva Las Vegas. Oh, very good. Viva Las Vegas. Okay. Dodgeball players are super intense and like crazy fit and very fun. And they always sometimes end up, they always sometimes, there you go, James. There you go. Uh, they are often the biggest partiers at the tournament. So way to go, Caroline. I'm sure you did have fun. You know, I, I uh, some of the friends that I'm very close to now, we met in a dodgeball group. And you are 100% right that, I mean, our team didn't really ever win, but our pitcher dressed as a Teletubby every week and we, we would all just get drunk and... <laughs> And but we were undefeated at Flip Cup because we would always go to the bar uh-huh. after, and uh-huh. we were we were a hundred percent defeated on the field, but completely undefeated undefeated in the bars. And nice. we took a lot of pride in that over over the years. But yes, dodgeball players, uh, very big super, drinkers, super intense. Dodgeball, kickball, yeah, those those uh, those folks are partiers. Well, very nice. I'm, I hope there's other folks out there who have been to the Sin City Classic. It's it's very fun. Viva Las Vegas. Uh, yes, and then somebody else was asking a, you a question there, James, said uh, they had a question about HEPA filters. Can you ask oh. Nice Package, that's Ask the NP, that's the Nice Package, <laughs> if HEPA filters out, if HEPA filters out coronavirus, thanks. I don't know what a HEPA filter is. Can you answer this question at Ask the NP? Uh, yes. Yeah. So HEPA filters are these great little like room air, air purifying filters that uh, particularly if you are someone who has allergies or lots of uh, different sort of environmental things can trigger uh, allergies or asthma attacks in you. We recommend HEPA filters, particularly in the room where you sleep. They're kind of small. They're like the size of like of a humidifier or something. And they just purify the air. They've got this really great small particulate filter in them, which is what HEPA stands for. High environmental particulate air filter or something like that. So essentially, we do not have any evidence that HEPA filters filter out coronavirus. However, what the experts are saying about HEPA filters is that it certainly can't hurt. And there's some evidence that uh, SARS, so which is a cousin of our COVID-19, right? SARS was being filtered out by HEPA filters in hospital rooms in China during that outbreak. So grab your HEPA filter, keep it next to the person. You know, it's probably going to be really good if like someone's like quarantined in your house who is like positive. So keep them in the quarantine room. Keep the HEPA filter about three to four feet away from them in the quarantine room. Open the windows. That sort of airflow with the HEPA filter will definitely work to like keep the coronavirus from floating around the rest of the house. I actually have a HEPA filter. Now that I don't want to you're explaining it, I was like, oh, wait, we have one of those. We have one of those. Interesting. Okay, let's get into the quarantine scavenger hunt because we have been doing updates on this week by week since April. And I think we thought when this was going on that maybe we would be doing this a month, maybe two. And we just got word that we're probably going to be quarantining for a while. <laughs> and to say the least. 
we are feverishly keeping score over here week by week, you know, marking down points every time we see somebody with a mask in their car, which, hey, now that Uber drivers have to wear masks in their car, uh, I have a lot more points now. Um, But I'm starting to see grocery. Every time you see TP in the grocery store, you take a picture, you get points of that. And now there's there's toilet paper everywhere you go. So I'm going to propose... Double points starting today until next Friday when we do our grand finale. Okay. Very, very good. I mean, are you sure you shouldn't have triple points, Allie, just because I'm so far ahead of you? I mean, hey, I'll take it. Will you Uh give me triple points? And I think you get minus points for having that person in your backyard. (laughs) No, 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 not minus points. But all right, it's on. Let's do this. One week, we wrap it up. I'll win. All right. Uh, perfect. I will get my. I will pr- print out a brand new scorecard, and it is on. Double the points. Eight days left, and if you want to play along, we will tweet out the quarantine scavenger hunt scorecard once again for the grand finale of the quarantine scavenger hunt. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Sometimes it's boy meets girl. Sometimes it's girl meets girl, or boy meets boy, or boy meets boy and girl. There's all kinds of different situations now, and that's why we like to hash it all out in a game that we play every Thursday called Gay Gay or Correct. James, it's all up to you. I will give you a story of something that a couple has done in recent days. Sometimes the law is involved, sometimes not. But the question, I will take out any references of gender identity. I'll take out any names that might be identifying or give it away. And you have to guess if this story is about a gay couple or a straight couple. Which should be terribly challenging in the time of COVID because everyone, regardless of gender identity, has gone a little cray cray. Well, I've got a story for you, my friend, because this story has to do with a couple who is staying at a hotel right now. They stayed at a hotel in Colorado. So Mm -hmm. you think about the current, I mean, even just saying something like that begins This, you know, six months ago, if I had said a a couple was staying at a hotel, wouldn't have mattered. Now, already there's an element of cray attached to this story (laughs) that you. What are you doing in a hotel? What are you doing in a hotel right now, especially a hotel in Colorado? This couple stayed at a hotel in Colorado. Apparently, according to the police, they wanted to have a little time to themselves seems that their quarantine situation might be a little chaotic at home apparently they have okay. children so they wanted to get away spend a couple nights in a hotel so where did they go they where they went to the double tree hilton that's where i'd go right yeah i mean hey i'm all for a little double tree little hilton all right they give you those enough. little cookies yeah it's great it's fantastic they have good beds they do have decent beds yeah and it seems as though that couple, when they arrived in the hotel, decided to partake in some sexual activity. Oh, uh-huh, as couples do. Now, now that they've left the hotel, they are suing the hotel because they claim they were being peeped on by hotel staff or maybe another person that was staying at the hotel. What? They're not really sure. Whoa, this is like the Aaron Andrews peeping story thing. Ah, That's yes. Crazy. But there what? are. Co- okay, how are they being peeped on? How do they know? So, this is where it gets a little cray cray because there might be a chance that this couple is making all of this up in order to get money from the hotel. Mm. 
They're claiming that somebody was peeping on them doing the nasty through the peephole of their room. They're suing Doubletree Hilton. Both of these people and the couple are 35, by the way. And they allege that they found the peephole to their Denver hotel room lying on the hallway floor. One of the people says, uh, this is one of the people in the couple. When I opened the door and I looked at it from the outside, I could tell there was a smudge mark where somebody's face and handprints were up on the door. Clearly, they were peeking into our room. They might have captured our intimate moments together or even just being naked around the, around the room. There's no security camera footage, of course, that can corroborate this story, but they said they wanted adult time and to have this premise of expecting privacy and alone time and then to have this happen is a total violation of our privacy and we want to go to court with you. Uh, The hotel quickly fixed the peephole, which now the lawyer is saying that they were deleting evidence of a crime. By fixing the peephole? By fixing the peephole. After a comprehensive review, including playback of lobby uh, lobby CCTV footage, they were unable to substantiate the couple's allegations that they were followed back to their room or were inappropriately observed by a third party. Given this is now a legal matter... They will reserve additional comment and look forward to an evidence-driven conversation in a court of law. So that's exactly what's happening with this now. But, I mean, if anyone was going to peep on a couple, I would say, and I'm not trying to throw you off here, as a lesbian, we are one of the mo- we are the top searched category on Pornhub, like 20 years running. <laughs> that's true. Right. Uh, and, or certain variations of like lesbian sex, right, is like number one on Pornhub. Okay, so this is really, really difficult because A, I feel like if this is true, I feel really bad. You should feel secure and comfortable in a hotel room to just like do whatever you want to do with your partner, right? That's sometimes the whole point of going to the hotel. And if this really happened and they needed to get away from their family and whatever, like, all right, I feel for them. I feel it. Um, at the same time, I do find it terribly odd that a peephole would just fall out of the door. Yeah, and I don't know how a peeper would be able to pull that off. And I don't necessarily think in most hotel rooms, the peephole doesn't just directly look at the bed. It's not just direct view of bed sex. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many variations, though. Like, what what is the door looking at? Also... I know you can see into peepholes, but they're not designed to be seen outside in. So even if someone was looking through the peephole before, let's say it fell out, they're not really going to see anything. And then if it fell out, is there is that hole going to, like you said, be looking at the bed? Exactly. seems like a lot to go through. It does seem like Whereas a lot. Whereas the so couple does... could. I'm not accusing them necessarily, but they could have just removed the peephole and tried to get some money out of the deal. Right, right, right. And just made it a whole thing. Like, well, they can't prove it and we can't prove it. So then it's going to, the the fault's going to inevitably lie with the hotel. And so they're going to have to cough up at least some money, at least, you know, more cookies or something. Exactly. And I will just give you one more detail before you officially guess. The couple, uh-huh. pretty attractive. Oh, but that could be anybody. <laughs> Gay gay or cray cray, James, you decide. Oh, I can't do it. Come no, on, this one's really hard. I'm, uh, I'm going to go cray cray. <sighs> Hetero cray cray. Hetero cray cray. All right. Locking in the answer. And their names are 
Nathan and Christina Parks, both yeah. 35 years old. Mrs. Parks is the one who is very, very upset about this. Uh, I think her name was originally Nancy Parks or Nancy Karen Parks. Karen. I think she changed it. <laughs> but you are correct. It is a cray-cray couple. You have won again and more. Drop the subject is on the way. Don't go anywhere. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q. James Q. Simmons guest hosting with your Allie Johnson. And we are moving right along here in your 11 o'clock hour. And uh, we haven't done a completely COVID-free hour in a few days. But we are trying to keep things a little bit covid light lately, if you notice. But we do think it is always still very important to keep you updated with the latest and the greatest on what is going on with COVID. And um, right now, there's a couple of uh, interesting uh you know, developments in terms of vaccines for COVID-19, which we really know, unless we get, you know, testing on the scale of 1 billion tests a day sort of thing, where we're just constantly testing people when they go in and out of buildings and or a vaccine, that's really how we're going to get back to what our normal was before all of this, which I don't think will ever happen. So there's been some interesting news uh, for Donald Trump's initiative called Operation Warp Speed. Uh, which not a joke, I, folks. It's not really a not joke. a joke. I also don't love that name for multiple reasons, but uh, $1.2 billion has been allocated by the United States and given to drug company AstraZeneca for them to support vaccine development, particularly the vaccine that is being developed at Oxford University in the UK right now. Now, AstraZeneca makes a lot of other medications, I assume, correct? Yes, lots I've, of other things. I've, I feel like I usually hear those words spoken in like herpes commercials where there's people <laughs> kayaking. And when we do have a vaccine, is the vaccine going to be one of those very long two and a half minute commercials where, you know, like a woman's making a guy coffee and then they're like laughing together and then they go on a camping trip and then she's like, ooh, you know, taking her pill and they're like, this is going to be really great for you, but can also cause instant death. Is it going to be like that? <laughs> um, it may be. I imagine there'll be a huge PR advertising sort of thing around whatever vaccine we come up with. The FDA does require all publicly advertised drug uh, drugs like pharmaceuticals, that 50% of the advertisement has to uh, be focused on side effects and uh, dangers of the medication. So part of the reason that all of you, every time you see a drug commercial, that's like, oh, whatever, and they're happy and they're great, or they're like Cialis, right? And the guy, they're like about to get it on. And then halfway through the commercial, it just stops. And they're like, Cialis may cause low blood pressure and yeah. da, 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 da. It's literally an FDA requirement. So, so my the, guess is that it has to be 50%? Fifty percent, at least fifty percent of the commercial has to be spent explaining the potential side effects and negative effects of the medication. Yeah. What if there are only like two negative effects, but everything else is great? Then the commercial only has to be four seconds long. I'm not sure that there are any pharmaceuticals that only have two negative effects. <laughs> <laughs> to be like totally honest with you, like even aspirin has like some dangers to it. Like there are there are just so many dangers. But this is why it seems like it's like a mental disconnect when you're looking at the commercials and like they're happy and running through the park and they're like enjoying themselves and playing with the kids and the dog, whatever. Yeah. And behind it, they're like, you know, Mike calls rash, death, yeah, shortness suicidal of breath, ideations. Right, right, exactly. Murder your entire yeah. family. Yeah. 
Um, so that, I mean, that's just kind of all medications. I think it's really funny that, um, that that's, everyone focuses on that. Everyone's like, God, why are every single one of these drugs that they advertise on TV, like going to kill me? And you're like, that's not necessarily the case, but it's because the drug companies have to advertise them. Okay. That way. I know that we are getting sidetracked, but why don't we have to do that for like Advil commercials? For like which commercials? Like Advil and aspirin. Uh, because they're over the counter, you can get them over the counter. Oh, god! So there's okay. not there's right. there's much less stringent uh, uh, rules about medications you can get over the counter versus ones that are prescribed. Huh. Okay. All right. So we might if 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 this one point two billion dollars that has been given to Oxford University, if everything goes on track, we could have a vaccine by October. Is that what? Yeah. And this is this is really crazy. So there's there's all these other you know studies going on that they're testing vaccines. And unfortunately, we do this uh, in, in animal populations as well. But they're testing on rhesus monkeys and, and to see what is the response and how safe the vaccine could be. They're in safety trials right now. So there's usually like three to four steps uh, in vaccine development. And those steps can take three to four years sometimes. So the fact that we're trying to pull this off in like essentially 10 or 11 months is 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 warp speed. Uh, so right now there's about a hundred different vaccine trials going on right now. Nine of them have moved into safety protocols right now. So kind of a phase two phase three will be like use in humans. And there's some that have been started to be used in humans as well already. Um, this Oxford is one of them and it seems safe and fairly promising that it will actually work as a vaccine against the disease, but there's still so many questions. How well will it work? How long will it last? How much will it cost? And then what are the side effects over the long term? Um, all of those are really, really big questions that I'm not sure we will honestly have a very good answer for by October. And that really that kind of as a professional who could be prescribing this vaccine or giving it to people, it scares me. Well, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. And I think when it comes to the, the V word, everyone's just hoping for this big. Everyone wants the quick fix, right? Everyone just wants to just get, shoot me with something and then it'll fine. It'll be fine. And yeah. I think. It's it's this going to be the same MO that your sex ed teacher gave you. The best 100% way to not get pregnant is to not have sex. Okay, so the best way to combat coronavirus is to not get coronavirus. Is to not get coronavirus. That's, that's totally right. Even if we get a vaccine that works, uh, you know, 90% of the time, which would be almost unheard of for a vaccine, there's still that 10% chance. So you're still going to have to take some sorts of precautions. It's a very complicated issue. But I mean, $1.2 million to pull off a vaccine by October, that that would be tremendous. Yeah, that'd definitely be record setting. All right. When we get back, news it or lose it. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the Subject presents News It or Lose It. Yes, you know what that sound is. It's News It or Lose It time. Hope you're enjoying your time with us as much as we're enjoying it with you. I can't smell you from here, but I'm going to go ahead and say you look and smell great. I have three headlines in front of me. James, you have three decisions to make. You decide what news we spend our time on. You've got, a, you've got a decision maker in your possession. Let me see. Let me see if it's working today. Mm. Nice. Nice. Very, very low love bong. Yeah. Churchy. All right. Here's your first headline. Okay. Video of man reuniting with his donkey goes viral. Oh, yeah. I love those <laughs> videos. They're super cute. <laughs> okay. Headline number two. NFL player claims he was sexually assaulted by a woman on a United's flight. What? No. no. <laughs> they actually don't reveal the name of him either, so. 
Uh, Maybe more details later. Well, sorry to hear that that happened to him, but no. I I think he got groped by a drunk lady. All right. And then headline number three, going to the park, you may only be able to if you can find a human parking spot. Ooh, yeah. This is totally like a theory I have. Bong. Really? Okay. Yes. Well, we'll start with this. Human parking spots. They have descended on... Dolores Park in San Francisco to keep people safely distanced from one another. Of course, Dolores Park, if you've never been, it's gorgeous. It's the best weather in the whole city, and it's a nice big park area. There are even different areas of the park that have been given certain names. Like there's one kind of crescent moon part where that they call the gay beach because that's uh-huh. where all the gays go to suntan. Uh-huh, and then there's right. like one section where there's all these trees and there's a bunch of like weird circus people. Then there's like the dog area. Like there's all these fun kind of different areas for the park. Well, to aid social distancing as summer beckons, they have made white chalk circles on the park that are all like safely placed in rows. Really? So, and I'll show you a picture so you can see because it's kind of interesting that they're literal parking spots for people. They're little circles that are, I mean, it looks like a little polka dot checkerboard almost. Whoa. And you can just go up to your spot. Yeah. And they're all six feet apart from one another. But do you think this ruins the park going experience? I mean, and if all of the parking spots are taken for humans, do you kind of do that thing where are like, are there handicapped person spots? Are there towing? Like, like how, how specific are we going to get with parking spots for humans? (laughs) Are we towing? Are we towing humans yeah. away? If they fifteen minute park parking right, only, right? Do you get right? Yes. Is there a t- is there a, a loading and unloading spot only? Exactly. Um, I, I, I okay. So my my type A sort of very mildly OCD brain absolutely loves this. It takes like the guesswork out of having to decide where I'm going to sit and. It ensures that as long as everyone's playing along, that we're appropriately physically distancing. I think this is super great. And I actually think it makes opportunities, more opportunities for more people to be able to to go to the park and do fun things and people to feel less anxiety about it. I actually am totally I know it seems super weird, but I'm totally for it. Well, you know, people who have issues with spatial relationships Like uh, one thing that annoys my wife to no end is when people decide to sit too close to you at the beach where there's like a whole beach and they're like (laughs) right here with my children right here. Uh You're like, God. So to have these rules now where it's like, no, you need to sit over there and give us enough space from you. That's kind of a good thing. It's great. I'm totally yes. I'm 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 with your wife a little bit too. Like don't it's not and I'm a people person. Like I love people, but like I I, I the same words have come out of my mouth. There is a whole yeah beautiful beach here, and you decide to sit four feet from me. Like, yeah, what, and what set up you your little half tent. Like enough, yeah. get yeah. out of here. Okay. There is a, a Spanish video that is making its rounds. Uh, I don't. So th- this is in Spanish. I'm going to go ahead and say. It's a very emotional moment. I don't know how this man knows this donkey. I'm going to go ahead and say I don't have a lot of, <laughs> of setup on this. Uh-huh. But it begins where this man is, is called. He's like in the mountains and he's calling for his donkey. And the donkey runs to him and they are reunited. And what? this is and this is what it sounded like. Okay. Oh. Oh. 
Stop it. ¿Qué pasa? Ay, yo también te echaba de menos, eh. Ay, 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 ay. Ay, ay, ay. That is a man who loves his ass. Drop the subject. The new channel Q. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first on Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons. What? There is new What? research coming out of Antarctica. <gasps> and there... It... <laughs> What? It's lovely in the spring. Okay. Oh, no. I think it's the same always, isn't it? <laughs> sorry. I'm totally ruining your big announcement. Okay, I'm sorry. Right, Con continue on. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Antarctica has shown us through science uh -huh. that there is uh -huh. proof of a parallel universe. What? Yes, that's true. A signal... Uh, based on an experiment, a series of experiments that is being done in Antarctica, they picked up on some high energy particles that were, uh, right, they were bearing yeah, no, down from above. No, 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 no. The particles were exploding out of the ground, no. defying the laws of <laughs> physics. Okay. <laughs> This is smart people stuff. Have That means... <laughs> That means that right below Antarctica, you guys, there is an alternate universe. So Whoa. I have not been to this parallel universe, but I'm going to go ahead and venture to say it's not worse than this one. So who's coming with me? <laughs> um, I mean, Ali, you can go to Antarctica if you want to and go explore these particles. I hate to burst your bubble, though, but it's not going to be a parallel universe. No, James, don't you do this to me. Uh, I don't care if we have butts for faces in the parallel universe. <laughs> I don't care if we're paying people in fish eyeballs instead of dollars. I don't care if my name's Sally. It's going to be called Pick Up the Subject. Whatever it is, I am going good. to the parallel universe. Um, And it does exist. Are you it's telling like, me it doesn't exist? It's like the upside down. You want to go to the upside down and what you call it? That one. Well, no, man, that place sucks. <laughs> You're like, no, the upside down sucks. Well, who's saying that a parallel universe wouldn't suck? Just because it's parallel doesn't mean it's not bad. Like that, you know, you just think about all of that stuff. Like you barely missed the car accident 17 years ago, but then in the parallel universe, it happened. And then what if you're just like... Whatever, you know, your life could be totally, completely different. It doesn't mean it's just going to start paralleling from now. James, I'm telling you, this is the life where I did not miss the car accident. It is. And what's the consequences of that? I'm just saying, I have been in a car accident. I've been in a bicycle accident. I broke my collarbone two days before I was supposed to go on vacation to Mexico. These are the things that have happened in this universe. <laughs> other one like sally is living large i know she's doing okay oh, and I, i gotta meet her uh-huh oh well i, mean, I don't know I about don't, you your life is pretty great i'm saying my, my life is good I too <laughs> i mean right i've had my moments too you know i've certainly had some certainly had some moments but listen ali as you are talking to someone who is about to finish his doctorate yeah. who is a researcher yeah. and Just like most research that you hear out there in public, it's totally like misconstrued and not thoroughly examined. So I get to be the parallel universe bubble buster. James, you're a stupid head. 
<laughs> you're well, you're a big fat stupid head. <laughs> Your mama is so nice. No. Okay. <laughs> okay, James, you are just a little kid with dog dew on your shoes. Oh, and you're Nancy. trailing it all over my Antarctica <laughs> parallel universe. Um, basically, long story short, most physicists agree, Allie, that there are some things that. M- current modern physics cannot fully explain because we either have not learned how to explain them or they are simply unexplainable. I will give you that. Thank you. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But I know your butt is coming. (laughs) Uh Go on. Um, And this doesn't... This, the findings that the scientists here are, are talking about doesn't mean that there aren't different types of ways that particles move other than the sort of linear fashion that we are accustomed to particles moving through time. So linearly and as time progresses forward. So just because a particle like an atom right, might move uh, differently because of outside influences and not go forward along a line in time doesn't mean that the that the universe of all other atoms that have ever been created can also move differently based on outside forces and move backwards. Okay, well, thanks a lot, James, for bursting <laughs> my parallel universe bubble. I sorry. had to go I'm get sorry. all sciencey with atoms and crap, and I'm reading something in the New York Post, and when I read that, I know oh, it's 100% fact. Allie Johnson, not <laughs> We're going to talk to Fallon Carter when we get back. She is, uh, you've heard her on the show before, she's great. She's a wedding planner. She She's a destination wedding to the stars or whatever. But, of course, everyone's changing that now. So we'll talk about the new wedding trends when we get back. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. All right. I'm very excited right now on Drop the Subject. It's Allie Johnson right here. That's me. James Simmons is with me, of course. And we are on with someone that has been on the show previously, uh, several months ago, I believe. And I'm like, why have we not talked to Fallon Carter in a while? Especially now that, I mean, you are... Uh, the the president and CEO of Fallon Carter Weddings. I mean, the 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 weddings that you have planned have been featured in in Martha Stewart and in Vogue. And we're thinking, what the hell has been going on with weddings right now? There's all kinds of trends that are changing. There's all kinds of dates that are changing. And so we figured we would get the get into the nitty gritty with you, Fallon Carter. Welcome back to the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and share. The information. Yeah. So just like a, a, a broad overview, what the hell is going on in your world? I mean, you already had many weddings that you were planning and now has it been mostly rescheduling and calling venues and and just kind of trying to move things around? Yeah. So welcome to the apocalypse. Um, it has been a lot of all of that. It's rescheduling. It's kind of replanning the wedding all over again. It's now getting new increase for people rushing to get 2021 dates before they're all taken by 2020 Mm. couples. Most of mine, I've been fortunate, have all just postponed to 2021 dates. And we've had one cancellation. And that, of course, broke my heart. That was a Thailand wedding. Oh, and I'm I'm like, oh, oh, oh no. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> I'm like, oh, like, are you images. sure? Are you sure? I, sure? I like I mean, we could just so yeah, it's it's been a lot of that and but just staying literally just focused on how can we make it 
still be a delicious celebration. Uh, okay. You totally lead us right there. I'm just going to, I'm taking this one over Allie because you're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, how can we still have a successful celebration? So that triggers so many different things. And I'm like, okay, so what exactly is the definition of a successful celebration? And are people actually sort of standing up for like, I'm cool getting married virtually? Like people, are people going down this road? Are, are you finding this? Yeah. I mean, and that's the first question we have when we get on the phone. We're like, what is successful to you? What is extremely important to you? And what are you not willing to sacrifice or be flexible on? And once we have that, it's like, cool, we can do virtual. If you're like, I need to get married because of tax reasons or legal reasons, or I have an ailing parent and we need to make this happen. Or some people are like, I have to have this date. This is my date and I'm not letting it go. Then we're Mm. saying, let's have something virtual and we can still have a larger celebration later on down the line. Or even some people are like, I need to have a vaccine. And it's like, so yeah, 2022, let's talk then. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I'll put so, you on the calendar for May yeah, 2022. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So just finding what's important to you and what you really want to celebrate is the step one to making sure, is it going to be successful to you if you have virtual? So say someone has decided to go virtual. How do you even start with planning a virtual wedding in your home? I mean, you still, are you still ordering linens? Are you still, are you just kind of going through the drawer and finding anything that looks like a wedding dress? Like what are you, how much money are people going to spend on a virtual wedding? That also depends. We have some couples who, because it also is like, do you want it just for immediate family? Because we can send them dinner, we can send them cake, and you can still have a pseudo ceremony just virtually. Everyone's having the same meal, and we'll send them candles and floral arrangements and do it really elaborate. Others want something so simple that it's similar to an elopement, and they have the officiant zoom in, and it's just the two of them, and they'll send like pictures of the ceremony afterwards. And photographers have gotten really creative and now are doing FaceTime photography sessions. So they'll FaceTime with you and you can literally have a portrait session with the photographer and the pictures are still dope. So really, it's really like, yes, I, yes. I, I was like, well, I'll send you some. Yeah, but, send me some. Um, I'd like to see I mean, that. Not, not with Allie's reception. Half the time we don't even know. Like Allie's frozen in like a pixelated I got that little thing, gray so. figure. Where it's just like, <laughs> they look vintage. They look, like, they look oh, really see, great. It's, it's Fallon, you are very good at this. You're like, it's not pixelated in gray. It's vintage. Yeah, so vintage. you are in the it's right like, Right field. Well, so, but this sparks so many questions about like, what is the most extravagant thing that you're seeing right now? I'm almost imagining that you not only have to move from like event and wedding planner extraordinaire, like to the stars, but now you also are like having to become a television producer. Like are people having different cameras and computers, like whatever, like how's that working? Getting projectors so that if you want to have a hundred people on at one time, you can project the zoom onto a wall so that you could actually see everyone at the same time. So having to coordinate even like QR codes on the detail cards so that when people get the box and they open it up and it has everything, they just have to scan a digital QR code or a printed one and it leads them right into the Zoom at a specific time. Actually running a rehearsal to test mics to chime in with grandma in Milwaukee to make sure she understands what Zoom is. So yes, (laughs) I have become, this is a whole different, and just packaging, like shipping things and timing and 
during a time when everything feels shut down, it's like, how do you get your resources as quickly as you're used to? Amazon Prime isn't two days anymore. It's like maybe a week. Right. <laughs> depending on what you need. And yeah, what yeah. I mean, you're right. You have to do tutorials with some of the family members. If grandma's making a big speech and she's on mute the whole time, then the moment is bad. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, we have to take a break. And when we come back, I want to ask you about mini monies because that's a new trend. We're on with Fallon Carter, famed wedding planner. We'll be right back with more Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. All right, we're back on Drop the Subject with Allie and James Simmons, and we're on with Fallon Carter of Fallon Carter Weddings. Her weddings have been featured in, in Martha Stewart and Vogue and all kinds of catalogs, and, and you're, you're mainly a destination wedding girl. Well, that's your strong suit, right? But now the destination is home. <laughs> I'll do anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you, we've talked before where you just kind of pick places that you really love, that you want to yeah. go to. Exactly, yes. So when it comes to how wedding trends are changing in the times of COVID-19. What is a mini-money? I've heard this term before. And I mean, is it just like a mini wedding or a micro? Like what, what is it and what does it entail? <laughs> There's a few iterations to it. Um, there are even now small wedding societies that are putting all of these together. But mini is a wedding of 50 guests or less and a micro wedding is 30 guests or less. And I think what's important to remember is each city has its own gathering code. So you just want to make sure you're following along with how large your group is allowed to be. Um, I think that's important to realize. And some people are having like 10 people weddings, but with destination, a lot of the times our weddings have been a lot smaller and more intimate. And that's what we're seeing now moving forward. And the forecast is people will be having smaller, more intimate celebrations well within to 2021, just mm. thinking social distancing and just creating floor plans that allow for more space. And that's easier to do when you have less people. This is what I really want to know. Let's let's get down to Uh-oh. the nitty gritty. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. So you, I mean, you. I've already decided that we're best friends, and even though Same, I just met you, but okay, thank you. And but so now I really want to know the tea. Then so people are legendarily difficult to deal with around their weddings anyway. But now I can only imagine. I mean, we we were talking on the show earlier this week about how COVID is making everyone mean, and we're all <laughs> sick of zooms. Like we're all sick of being on camera and zooms, whatever. And so I can only imagine that the level of bridezilla right now and the level of like anxiety about a oh. wedding has to be through the roof and and am I am I right am I right I mean I'm, I'm gonna let you finish but go ahead <laughs> no, I mean that, <laughs> I mean have you had any particular like instances like don't put anybody's name on blast or anything but like have you had any particular instances where you're like this just is not gonna work over zoom like y'all need to so wait. yeah yes so <laughs> I I like to say that I'm a pretty good judge of character and I usually don't even bring on clients where I can sense the crazy before it's been revealed to me. So I am fairly lucky and grateful that all of my clients have their head on. And also when their head kind of tilts and goes like a little a wall and then something like crawls out, usually there's a a (laughs) different, there's something there's behind that. And you're like, okay, let's talk. Let's, let's have a, let's have a, a, a talk about this. And you go deeper and you realize it has something to do with nothing wedding related, but yes, COVID is bringing out a lot of interesting adjectives that I could use to describe people, but I will say (laughs) for the most part, everyone is cool. I think it's, you're kind of feeling sorry for them because the concept of planning a wedding is so stressful. And now you add a pandemic on top of it. So it's like, I'm, I'm, everyone's being overly nice in the events industry to be like, well, how can we fix it? So to be honest, mm-hmm. it's really okay because you're trying to be solutions oriented. However, if people are like, I'm not giving you your, your money back or we're not rescheduling at all, 
then that's when a bride has the right to just kind of lose their Now, what happens when, say, say you do want to move the venue, like in your experience so far with with moving things around, how are venues? Because I would imagine that some venues are stressed out as well, because some of their a lot of their revenue, they depend on weddings. And if this year's kaput, are they being forgiving? Are they issuing refunds? I mean, what is the climate been there? Yeah, some are in part in the ambulance in the background, but <laughs> some are being extremely flexible and telling you like, hey, these are this is what we're putting into place. These are the dates we have available. And they're being they're bending over backwards to help you solve the problem. And others are not. They're being I'm sorry. I live on Fifth Avenue, so this is loud. You're in New York, so any, um, any street well, sounds. I think my husband's forgiven. making lunch in the background. It's okay. We're all doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, others, others unfortunately are not, and they're trying to recoup what they can. I will say one of the things I've had to do is just realize you just got to keep giving and we are all losing money. And mm. I've had to bite my tongue and not, even the client that canceled, they still owed money technically due to their contract. And I was like, you know what? I can't be that person because yeah. that's going to mess up my karma. And I just, just move it right along. So I think it's important to, if you're moving forward and if you, if you just started planning a wedding, consider finding vendors that you know would probably have your best interest at heart and that are feelings focused so that you can have a better celebration. Finally, have you had any weddings yet where everyone's going to be wearing masks? Have you had to get creative with masks <laughs> matching the, the linens? Bedazzled. Yeah. What are you doing there? Yes. I'm actually bedazzling my own right now. That's my weekend project. <laughs> but... <laughs> We're now working with our linen companies to match the staff mask because it's not just the mask of your guests. It's the mask of like the catering staff, the DJ is your, if you're going to have any other musicians, all of them, how do you want them to coordinate their mask to the actual linen of the tables? And that's also something to think about when you're talking and corresponding with your guests. Because you may still have to be social distanced during the wedding. So do you want them to wear their own mask? Do you want to have a color scheme? Or do you want to send them a mask in advance that's monogrammed with their name or the wedding date or something that's cute? Get so. out. This is a whole right? new line I know. of wedding gift apparel. Oh my right? gosh, Allie, we're canceling the show. We're going to start making monogrammed masks. I mean. We're going to sell them. <laughs> Fallon, you can get in on this. Thank you for giving me this idea. I mean, I'm right here. I want 10%. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Right. You can have nine. I'm kidding. <laughs> Jeez, James. You're just I'm talking listening. about I'm, karma. I'm dri- driving a hard bargain. I know, right? Well, my karma was screwed up years ago. So it's okay. But I do, I mean, I think, I know we have to go pretty soon, but I, you just bring up such an interesting point about how, like, there's so many different things. Like, even if people are virtual, maybe as a part of their, like, thank you for coming to my virtual celebration, you send them a mask that is like Perry winkle that matches the periwinkle linen yep. like i would have never even thought about those things like that and how how like amazing that these things are still happening and we're being such an ingenuitive no that's not a mm-hmm. word but we're being creative sure. even, <laughs> even around, even around like, a, such a nice wedding a mm-hmm. yeah whatever you say yeah, sure. yeah but i also think the pandemic has worked in an interesting way just because it's now giving people permission to be more creative and to really focus on the basis of a wedding. And before it was like, well, let's get as many flowers and as many different lighting and up this and all of that. So now it's bringing it back to what's really important and how can we properly celebrate 
our love and, and all of that. And it's just, it's beautiful to watch people get creative and stay true to themselves. Fallon Carter, we could talk to you forever, obviously. We have to go, <laughs> but you can find Fallon at Fallon Carter Events on Instagram and you can see slide pictures of all of her. Yeah, slide into her DMs. If you have any questions, <laughs> Fallon is always willing to help you out. Thanks, Fallon, and we'll talk to you soon. You. Be safe. Thank you, you too. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Always good to talk to Fallon Carter. Learned so much. I've learned a lot today. I've learned that weddings are changing, that there's no parallel universe. My bubble has been burst, but... And also, if people are doing mini-monies and tiny little wedding ceremonies, it really makes me feel kind of bad about how much money I spent on my wedding. But regardless, we press on. <laughs> and I continue paying my loan bills. And we continue to try to drop the president. Drop the president. Because there is still an election going on. Oh, Biden has won the Oregon primary. <laughs> All right. There, there was an Oregon primary? Yes. Can you imagine this world where it, this would have been top line news and now it's like oh yeah there was a primary he won and it's not like it's as exciting when he's the kind of the only person left but it's funny because the let's see as of right now we have 84 percent of the votes being reported in and joe biden has a 67.9 percent uh of the vote uh-huh. and bernie sanders has 20.6 percent uh, wait, did you say Bernie Sanders, Allie? I just I had to pause because I thought I thought what I heard you say was Bernie Sanders, but I just wanted to make sure you you didn't say Bernie Sanders. Did you say Bernie Sanders, Allie? The guy who dropped out of the presidential race about a month ago, that uh-huh. Bernie Sanders has twenty point six percent of the votes. That's one hundred and seventeen thousand two hundred fifteen people who voted for him and eight delegates. Listen. <laughs> The rage monster <laughs> is about to get real with y'all. I I need to hold her down, or maybe not. I need to let her out, fingernails and claws and heels and all. <laughs> I do not understand what is going through your brain. Listen, I don't like Joe Biden particularly either. I don't yeah, love Yeah, like Bernie, it's not like we're all in love with Joe Biden. I don't think there's correct. anyone... I, I like, think there are a few who were like on the bandwagon from the beginning, but it's not like he it's not like he's the one who's sp- who's who's spurning this big like, yeah, everything's going to change with Biden. And listen, right. None of us. No one's doing that. Also, no one. We are not. There's not been a sufficient enough write in campaign to try to write Bernie in. So. You are not going to change a 300, 300, 200, 200 and whatever year old bipartisan system <laughs> right now, four months, five months before a general election, the probably the most important presidential election in the history of our country. You are not going to change that. So get it out of your head. Get off of your soapbox Get in line, because if you do not vote for Joe Biden, it is, in essence, a vote. Not even in essence. It is a vote it's for a Donald vote Trump. It's a vote for Donald Trump, okay? Right. So Take screw a bird you off it. and the horse that you rode in on. If you are <laughs> voting for Bernie Sanders or anybody else, I don't have time. Ain't nobody got time for that. We do not have patience for that right now. You either vote for Joe Biden or you vote for Joe Biden. You know, the... The lesser of two evil things is always in play. And yes, I understand. Nobody's perfect. We're not saying that. that it, but if, if you don't want Donald Trump to be president, 
Stop this voting is for the Bernie cho- Sanders. This is the choice, okay? <laughs> but I'm going to say, I, I will make you feel a little bit better, James. There is a, the, the Oxford Economics. They always predict who they think is going to win the presidency. They've been right 16 out of 18 times. Oh, wow. They have predicted that by a 60 that by a margin of 65% to 35% Joe Biden will win the election and it's interesting because they did this I think six months ago or they they did that they did this once already and they predicted that Trump was going to win by a 55 percent margin. Now it's completely flipped. They predict that Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Missouri and North Carolina would will, will all flip from Republican in 2016 to Democrat in 2020, they giving Biden crazy. 328 electoral college votes for and just 210 for Donald Trump. And they did say. They predicted that that one of the incorrect predictions was that Hillary Clinton was going to win in 2016, but they don't factor in the Electoral College. Oh, see, this is why. So Trump got 46% of the vote in 2016, which is less than what Hillary Clinton got, but he got the right electoral colleges. I'm sorry, but this is out of Oxford, right? First of all, mm-hmm. they don't even live here. Second of all, <laughs> um, I am sorry. I'm from there. There is no way in hell that Missouri, states like that, these well, states Michigan, are going to flip. And Mich- they're not going to flip blue for Donald Trump or for Joe Biden in this election. It's not going to happen, people. It's not going to happen. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject on the new Channel Q. Rolling right along on your Thursday. James Simmons with your Allie Johnson. And um, listen, essential worker. I'm glad the name changed, by the way. You know, they were like frontline workers or healthcare workers or whatever. But now it's just essential workers because there are so many different individuals who are really essential to keeping the economy going, to keeping people healthy and safe. And they're not always healthcare people or they're not always just people who work in in restaurants, let's say, or the power company. And those individuals, full stop, need to be rewarded for their service and putting themselves in danger. And whether that is more vacation, free education, uh, forgiving of my student loans, uh, uh, additional pay, whatever it is, there are people who are literally putting their lives on the line every single day to kind of keep us moving forward through this pandemic. And grocery store workers are I'm I'm saying this as a nurse practitioner who is a frontline worker. I feel like grocery store workers are like the the ultimate essential frontline worker. Yeah, man. And they're getting so many people that are high stress and unloading their stress onto them at the checkout stand. And that's a whole other layer to this, which has been, I'm sure, incredibly frustrating. I know some stores have put signs in the front being like, be nice, guys. We're all going through this. (laughs) Right. We're all trying. Can you please just human decency, be nice person. And a lot of people are very upset with the grocery chain, uh, the grocery chain Kroger, which I don't know if you've heard of them before, but they're a major grocery chain and they are being blasted because they have taken away the hero bonus for their workers during the pandemic. Now they gave them, I, I guess eventually gave them a $2 an hour bonus. It's a hero bonus for working during these times. And uh, they decided, you know, we're taking it away. And everyone's like, dude, what the hell? Also, the grocery stores are making bank right now. And they're not discounting things. They are raising the prices. So 
that's their reaction because that's what grocery stores do. They're like, oh, everyone wants chicken, so it's $50 for a pound of chicken. <laughs> and you're like, okay, great. Everyone's really struggling right now. There's millions of people that are on unemployment, but cool. That's a great time to do that, you douchey grocery store. And then on top of it, they're going to start taking away people's bonus pay when they really are in a great position to be able to give out bonus pay right now. Like, F you, Kroger. F you. Right. And the horse you rode in. It's pretty, it's, and the horse you rode in on, we're all about horses right now. L- listen, there's a union, lots of grocery store workers are unionized um, in, in some parts of the country. And, you know, there are, I, I feel like I want to give props to some of the grocery store chains that are, have extended their, they're calling oh, yes. hero give pay. Oh, props, give, give, um, give. Albertsons, for instance, Safeway and Stop and Shop are three that have, I know there are local, lots of local grocery store chains. Um, I just was talking to my folks about this back in Nebraska that have extended their hero pay as well. And they're doing some really great things for the essential workers. So, uh, I, so please support those organizations as well. And I honestly feel like, you know, this is maybe part of what we get to do in the media. I know this sort of is sort of a controversial thing, but when we highlight things like this, it just brings attention to how our corporations and how businesses act and holding people accountable and responsible for their actions. And I'm sorry, but if if you are a frontline worker in a grocery store in a state that does not have a very good minimum uh, minimum wage, so you're making maybe seven seventy five an hour, or or eight or nine seventy five an hour, and you're trying to feed your family and your kids and a home and yeah. all of those things, and then you get an extra two bucks, which is hugely significant. That's like a twenty five percent raise to get you through this, to put your life on the line, and then all of a sudden they're just going to take that away while you know for a fact that your grocery store is making money hand over fist. Yes, and you're trying to deal with all the added stress of new regulations and separating everybody and the new glass partitions. And I mean, you're putting yourself at risk and you're dealing with everybody else's stress and you know that the the grocery store is making bank. And you're right, as somebody who's bagging groceries, you're not making tons of money. So every little bit helps. They they claim also that they gave a bonus, a one-time bonus payment to their employees on May 15th, $400 for for, for full timers and two hundred dollars for part-timers a one-time payment of 400 bucks like that's nothing guys come on and I th- it's good that you're highlighting the ones that are still continuing to do that albertson's baby right down the street from me so uh <laughs> just do a little research if you want to avoid the ones that are being douchey and reward the ones that are still giving those hero bonuses uh we'll be right back and we'll get off of our soapboxes i promise <laughs> Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. You know, you may have heard it, you may not have, but earlier in the show, a moving truck drove by my window, uh-huh. and I thought to myself, man, it's got to be really crappy to have to move right now. But that happens, you know? I mean, you got to move. I mean, yeah, if you have to move, and it just, like, these are the life circumstances that are going on, you got to do it. I just, I feel for the movers themselves, or yeah, if the people are not, man. you know, like you're... It's warm today in Southern California and you're wearing a mask and you're moving, you know, refrigerators and dressers like not fun. I agree. It's uh, I, I remember when it was the first of the month, too, and saw a bunch of moving trucks around here. And I was like, who's moving in and who's moving out and who like had these plans already and who was like. I'm getting divorced. I'm moving out. I don't care what the risk <laughs> right. is. But the point is that, you know, real estate still, they're still showing homes. They're doing virtual showings. People are still buying. They're renting because life has to go on. And the real estate market is taking a hit as a result of COVID-19. Sure. So the question here is, what 
is the current price of some of these high hot ticket items that are currently on the market. This is real estate. And I thought we would do a little bit of a theme this week because we were talking so much uh-huh. about malls. Oh, we were. Malls were quite the topic earlier this week. Yeah. So, all right. I like that you're carrying a theme through, Ali. How very LGBTQ of you. I was trying to find a real estate listing for a parallel universe apartment, but I couldn't. So I decided to go with uh, malls. And the listing that we have right now, this is this is a real catch because this is a micro apartment that is converted from a mall. So it is the oldest mall it was one of the, it was America's first shopping mall. It's in Providence, wow. Rhode Island. Uh-huh. It's called Arcade Providence is the name of the mall. It was built 188 years ago. It's got like you know, classic Greek architecture. It's beautiful. And they were they did like boutique stores and shops on three floors, three floor mall. Wow. And I guess the way that the mall was set up because it was so old, people didn't want to go up and down the stairs. I don't know why they didn't eventually put in escalators or maybe they did and people were just lazy, but they decided to convert the top floors into micro apartments. But the bottom is still shops. So you can live in a mall. Living in a mall. Okay. And they're micro apartments like as in like studio efficiency kind of things or? Oh, we're talking 225 square feet. The average, just slightly over the average size of a one car parking spot. And each micro apartment comes fully furnished. So you got that. Uh Elevated full bed with a four drawer dresser, a small very small kitchen table, a sofa, a 50-inch flat screen TV, and a full bathroom. Not one of those little halfies. Uh, the studio size apartments feature an open layout. Duh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. How. Open concept. <laughs> right, in my 225 no square. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just, I want more walls. Right. Uh, it's an open layout with no full barrier between the bedroom and the kitchen. Ooh, wow. Fancy. Kitchens are equipped with a mini fridge, a sink, a dishwasher, and a microwave. No oven or stove top. Um, oh, I see. Okay, I'm reading on about the um, mall, and it said it didn't have an elevator, which shoppers did not want to venture onto the second and third floors, so the retailers weren't seeing business, and the mall closed in 2008. So they turned the top two floors into micro-apartments. I believe there's 48 units in the apartment, uh, wow. in the mall now. So, But like I said, the bottom floor is still shops, and there's like a hair salon in there. So you're basically living in a converted mall, which I feel is pretty badass. Yeah, so, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. So this would be for two years in the micro apartment, okay? Two full years at the average price of a room. They have a little bit of leeway on the square footage, but it's mainly that stand. We're just going to go as the standard here, which is 225 square feet, okay? Okay. Or for roughly the same amount of money, you could have Michael Jordan's autographed Suzuki GSX. Like, is that a motorcycle? Yes. Okay. Because, <laughs> uh, well, Suzuki makes a lot of different things. I'm like, I don't know. Is that a jet ski? Like, That's what is okay. <laughs> It's his Sea-Doo. <laughs> it's his, right. Is it, is it his, like, lawnmower? 
Suzuki makes lawnmowers. <laughs> like, okay. That's true. No, it's, uh, it's a motorcycle. And he is auctioning off a bunch of his stuff right now. I think he's even put his house on the market in Chicago, which is going for about $15 million. And if you're really into circles, then you might like his house because it's like all a bunch of circles. You know, when they do that aerial view, <laughs> it's just like, wow, that guy likes circles. Like, okay. I guess he likes circles. Um, yeah. All right. But um, the, his, the, he assigned this Suzuki GSX R1000 bike and it has helped raise a bunch of money and donations amid the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. But the question is, is two years in that micro apartment more or less money than how much this bike sold for at auction? Okay, so Providence, Rhode Island, micro apartment. Is this renting or buying micro apartment? This is renting. Renting. Okay, so I'm going to say in Providence, Rhode Island in 2020, renting micro apartment with super cute, it's probably going to be like, we'll say 800 bucks. So if you do some math on two years on 800 bucks, you're rocking, I don't know, 20 grand-ish, something like that. Mm -hmm. So, or 20 grand for, oh no, Michael Jordan's bike is going to be way more expensive than that, than 20 grand to live in a micro apartment in Providence, Rhode Island for two years. No, I am totally going with, on this really estate edition, I am Mm -hmm. full stop, hands down, 100% 100% into some obnoxious person is going to pay an obnoxiously large amount of money for Michael Jordan's anything, right? They probably pay for his used tissue. So his Suzuki signed Suzuki bike, by the way, is going to be way more expensive. You are 100% totally and absolutely wrong. No, oh, dang it. <laughs> Two years in this apartment is $37,656 because the average price per month is, uh, it's 1560, exactly $1,569 a month. That's the average. So two years will run you 37 grand. The bike raked in $33,000 at auction. But I will say, James, Michael Jordan's spit on the pizza raised $100,000. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject with Allie and James. And one thing that is, I would say, on the uptick in the midst of this pandemic is speeding tickets. People are not sitting in as much traffic, so they're uh-huh. like, woo! They're like, I'm in quarantine! <laughs> I'm in quarantine! I got a party! I'm woo! just ready to get out and party! I'm, it's all gravy, baby. It's all gravy, baby, <laughs> except for when you get a ticket. And it seems that some law enforcement over in Texas is getting creative with how they are tracking your speed. Take a listen. Ticket. Club 270, we'll call it, has been lit for the past year and a half. $3.2 million in fines, just over 81,000 tickets in 16 months. A handful of those tickets landing in the mailbox of this woman. I've gotten so many, I've had to just add it uh, safe speed to my speed pay on my automatic banking. It's a tricky little moneymaker, discreetly positioned behind a large porta potty. Okay, so. This is the method in question. Is it ethical to dupe a bunch of unsuspecting drivers into a speeding ticket via porta potty? I mean, uh, well, I want to clarify. First of all, I think you said Texas earlier. I think this is Maryland. And I only clarify in that I feel like there are many opportunities to um, do Texas wrong. So I at least want to give them credit for not doing this. (laughs) 
All right, I blame Jesse then because we'll Jesse. right before we went on the air, he was like, "This is in Texas, right?" And then I, I, I thought it was confirmed that it was Texas, so I went on with Texas. With Texas, no, the speeding tickets are in Maryland, but I think okay. Jesse was talking about the girl, the quarantine girl. She's in Texas. Oh yes, because we, we are, we are on we the hunt for the quarantine the air, girl. Right, as many of you know, may or may not know, we have like seventeen conversations going on at one time off the air because we're trying to bring you the best, and what we're trying to teach you is that in Maryland, don't speed near porta potties, bottom line, end of discussion. Because to answer your question, Allie, whether this is ethical or not, they're putting up these huge porta potties and then hiding police cars behind them and then they're radaring people. I don't think this is ethical at all. Like, though people will say you shouldn't be speeding in the first place. But I think that is, aren't there some rules or something? Maybe it depends on the state where you have to, you, they can't. They have to be sort of obvious about the fact that they're trying to, like, track you, like, radar you. That's what I thought, too. I thought it was a violation of our rights to just do it without us knowing. And I do like your reference to the bottom line in this case, because porta potties. Oh, hey. Um, you know, it is a very crappy thing to do. And we can go on with those puns oh, as long as we like. Good. But the point is, I if if I see a cop car... Or if I see it after the fact and I get pulled over, I get a ticket. That's obviously I I saw it. I had the opportunity to slow down. I screwed up. I deserve a ticket. Right. But to be cruising around unsuspecting and then all you see is porta potty and then boom, you get a speeding ticket in the mail. That's like I feel very duped in that in that moment. But is it does it matter because I shouldn't have been speeding in the first place? In this in this uh, situation in Maryland they're placing it carefully near a construction site. So that's actually okay. keeping people safe by slowing down, right? Totally. And I agree. In the, in the construction zone, school zones, like I feel like people who speed through school zones should have their tires blown out. Like don't speed around the kids, okay? Don't speed around the construction zones. I get it. But if, listen, these things are set up automatically, so you, and you have to wonder, like, what is the trigger? If the flow of traffic is going 69 miles an hour and I'm going 70 miles an hour. If this thing goes off and gives me an automatic ticket, I'm going to be mad because the flow of traffic is I'm not being unsafe. I'm actually being more safe by going with the flow of traffic. Were I going slower? I am a hazard. Were I going too much faster? I'm a hazard. So this automaticity of this, just like taking a picture of me hiding behind a, a dumpster dumpster. Well, a place where you take a dump. <laughs> hiding behind a, a porta potty and then sending it to me in the mail. No, I'm not for this at all. I think you make a great point about that flow of traffic thing. And that is a great defense when you do get a speeding ticket <laughs> to say, uh, oh, no, I was just going with the flow of traffic. Everyone else was going so fast. I didn't want to hold anybody up. You know, it just seemed dangerous yeah, to go any slower. I just, and, yeah. But you're absolutely right in the sense that if someone is going 64 miles an hour on the freeway and there are no cars on the freeway, or say there are a bunch of other cars going really fast and you're going with the flow of traffic and then all of a sudden you're stuck by grandma. It's jarring and you and it could cause an accident, right? Same with somebody who's going 90 miles an hour is going to be bobbing and weaving through traffic and that's not safe either. So, and, and God forbid if grandma's in the left lane. Oh, geez. Of course, that, of course she's going to be. Grandma should get a ticket for that, by the way. 
I do. I completely agree. I think that people who are going way too slow in the left lane should get tickets. Yep. hundred percent. You don't need to put them behind a porta potty. You just have a person standing there with a speed gun and go, okay, you know what? This person's going 63 miles an hour in the left lane. F you pull you over and go faster next time. Excuse me, miss. Do you know how slow you were going? <laughs> That's what I want to hear. We'll be right back. News of the on deck. Drop the subject. The new Channel Q. Drop the subject presents. News it or lose it. We are no longer going to discuss the item at hand. Or in other words, drop the subject. Did you like that one? Was it good? I tried. Oh, was, that's funny, yeah. That was the yeah, thing, yeah, nice. okay. Mm-hmm. All right, it is Thursday. We got quarantine brain, but we also got news it or lose it. I got three stories. Allie has a binger, banger, dinger, clinger. Allie? Nope. Maybe? Oh, yeah, hold on. Hold yeah. yeah, binger, banger, dinger, clinger. I got a spoon. Oh, okay, very good. It's lovely today, lovely. We both went with sort of like the sound bath thing today for your binger, banger, dinger, clinger story. (sighs) Number one, I sigh because it's funny, but it's about you know who. A crime against English. Trump says he tested positively toward negative for COVID-19. Stop it. Okay, because I've been a little fired up during the show, uh-huh. I'm just going to keep on the fire train. And I'm actually going to news this You're going to news a story about Donald Trump. Okay, I uh, hell has frozen over. There is a parallel universe. We have news a story about Donald Trump. Uh, <laughs> story, <laughs> n- story number two. San Francisco's oldest gay bar forced to vacate its oh. home, but vows to stay alive. Oh, really? Okay. I definitely want to news that because I've been to that bar. It's great. I'm really sad that it's going away. Totally. Yep. And last but most certainly not least, chocolate maker Cadbury confirms whether chocolate bars should be kept in the cupboard or the fridge. <gasps> I have to news all three. You have to news all three. You have to. Do- okay. So let's do the funny audio first. We'll go back in order of, of when she newsed and not. So crime against English. Trump says he tested positively towards negative. For COVID-19. This was just earlier today, just a little bit uh, while the show was going on. Here we go. When asked about the results of Trump's latest COVID-19 test, this was his response. I think it's another day. I had a two week (laughs) regimen of uh, hydroxychloroquine and I've taken it, I think, just about two weeks. I think it's another day. So and I'm still here. I'm still here. And I tested very positively in a in another sense. So this morning, yeah, I tested <laughs> positively toward negative, right? So oh no, I tested uh, perfectly this morning. Oh my God, really he's an idiot! Negative. But that's the way of saying it. Positively toward the negative. He's he's still going on. He's like still going on and explaining. He's using his hand motions. He's like I tested pot like like he's going from the right to the left. He's like I tested positively towards the negative, which is another way of saying that I took a test and that it came out and the results were actually not positive. They were positively towards the negative, which means maybe they were like what are you saying, Donald? You're crazy. 
I, this actually humanizes him a little bit for me. I got to be totally honest. <laughs> I know, I'm like, I'm oh, maybe like, he is oh. not a robot controlled by Vladimir Putin. Like maybe he's just like a normal human being that sometimes it's like, boy, I said that thing and that was really dumb. I wish he would just say I said that thing and it was really dumb and then like own it and move on. Ugh. But that's what he what he does is that he says something that he knows is dumb. So he says. I'm trending positively, very positively toward the negative. Then he thinks to himself, oh, crap, I said that and that was stupid. So you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep saying it over and over and over again and be like, yes, I said it. Yeah, yeah. Positively uh-huh. toward the negative. Positively toward the negative. That's the new thing. Everyone That's should say thing. it. Everyone should and say positive. Like, negative doesn't exist. Uh, we're just going to say positively toward the negative from now okay. on. Okay. So also, I do, I will say a point in his column for just giving the, it, the very pertinent information that today is another day well it's another day today is a day yep thank thanks. you thanks thanks Donald. so we, much for checking in with the american people that. today is you know he, this is the person who's supposed to be riling us up and making us feel better about the uh-huh. current situation and uh-huh. uh and you know those it's the words like today is another day that really help bring right. us all together oh thank you right it's so, so uniting of this um well today is another day that unfortunately came with some sad news so the stud which is san francisco's oldest gay bar originally was announced yesterday that they were closing <sighs> but the announcement has been adjusted and clarified today so this is good news they're not going to be reopening at its current home but vows to keep going in a different way. And they're going to have a virtual club space and post COVID-19 lockdown pop-ups. How I think these are, these are wildly popular. I will explain. So the stud, which was actually is San Francisco's oldest gay bar uh, first opened in 1966. That's crazy. Um, And then it moved to its current home. Well, sort of home now on South Market uh, on Ninth Street for the past 33 years. In 2016, it was actually facing closure. And so they changed their ownership strategy and it was taken over by like uh, some drag queens and this like LGBTQ collective of folks in like the nightlife scene. And they sort of owned it as a group thing. Honey Mahogany, who's a drag queen who was on RuPaul's Drag Race, is the official like owner, but ran this collective. Well, anyway, they said just like lots of other bars and establishments, they have no revenue coming in. They're being, they can't pay their lease so they're being forced to do business in a different way now chicago has done pop-up bars for closed bars there was a bar in chicago that was called manhole it closed but they did pop-up manholes around the city they were fantastic wildly attended they would do it like four times a year the doors would be packed the drinks were great the party was great they'd bring in big djs and it made a crap load of money for them and it was a really great business model so i kind of hope that the stud follows this i hope so too i just don't want the 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 building itself to go away i mean the amount of beer that dried beer on those floors that have built up over the years like you can't get that back (laughs) you you really can't you really can't get that back we um have to go right now but we have the the age-old question of where you should store your chocolate has finally been answered by Cadbury. We will bring you this hard-hitting news. This is Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. The new Channel Q. Welcome back to Drop the Subject on the new Channel Q. James Q. Simmons with your Allie Johnson. I am the king of bad teases. (laughs) But this one might not be so bad because... 
I, this is a question people have. Where do you keep your chocolate, right? Let's say you get a big bar of chocolate or a big something, you have some leftover Easter candy, whatever. Do you keep it in the cupboard or do you keep it in the refrigerator, Allie? You know, if it, it's weird because if it's weed chocolate, I will put it in the fridge. But if it's regular chocolate, I will keep it in a cupboard. Oh, and when I was a kid, my mom would always keep it on top of the refrigerator. So by by habit, I would put it up there. And then I was like, what am I doing? I don't need to hide this from myself. I can just put it in the <laughs> pantry like an adult. Like an adult. Right. Well, this was raging on Twitter this past week, this uh, debate of whether or not chocolate should be in the refrigerator or in the cupboard. And Cadbury Australia decided to settle the debate on Twitter and posted chocolate should always be stored in a slightly cool, dark, dry place, such as a cupboard or pantry <gasps> as temperatures at temperatures less than 21 degrees Celsius to ensure the quality isn't compromised. So do not put any chocolate of any sort, apparently, in the refrigerator. Wow. Okay. But then there are going to be a bunch of people that don't agree. And if, if uh, you're hearing this from Australians, they're like, put it in the cupboard. You're like, what? The what? The what? Put it in the cupboard. Yeah. It was made the- of chocolate. You're like, I just, I'm going to throw this chocolate away. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> that settles the lifelong debate, but I'm sure it will rage on on Twitter because what doesn't rage on on Twitter? It's time to close out the show now with our happy endings. We've done a lot on the show today. We've talked to Fallon Carter of uh, Fallon Carter Weddings. So we learned all about some of the new trends, the Zoom weddings that are taking place, matching your masks with your linens. And I mean, it was fascinating. Uh, Gay Gay Cray Cray, we did a little of that. We talked about Pelosi saying that Donald Trump has doggy do on his shoes that he's tracking throughout the carpet of the White House. We talked about singles and couples and how they might be drifting apart in the times of quarantine. We talked about alternate universes and dropped the president. We talked about hero pay real estate. And now, what is your happy ending, James Q. Simmons, nurse practitioner? Donald Trump. Allie might have thought that injecting bleach into our veins might be a cure for coronavirus. He may have propositioned that large doses of UV light inside the body might also kill the virus and not us. He may even be impeached. (laughs) But at least, Allie Johnson, he has given us a new way to not be so darn negative during quarantine. And I tested very positively in a in another sense so this morning yeah i tested positively toward negative right so no i tested uh, perfectly this morning there you go <laughs> nothing is negative anymore it is just positively towards the negative that is a great happy ending nothing is negative i mean that is exactly the purpose of happy endings is to turn something negative into a positive and if you're trending positively towards the negative then i think you're just so confused that you don't know what to feel bad about anymore <laughs> but but at least it started off positively right yeah. there you go thanks donald trump thank you so much for i mean i've never thought i'd say thank you but sure thanks here's my happy ending there might not be an alternate universe that we can all travel to where who knows we've all got free health care <laughs> uh <laughs> Unemployment rate is zero, et cetera, et cetera. Right. But we might be stuck in this universe, and this is the one we, this is the hand that we were dealt. But the good news is that at least, at least in this universe, we have this woman. Wow. Been in quarantine, and like, I need to get out and party. Woo! <laughs> Don't topless Jeep, really. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I had to bring her back. I've been in quarantine and I need to get out and party. <laughs> At least she's in our universe. You know what? I don't want to send her over there. I'll take her. Right. We will keep her here. Don't, I mean, but do you think parallel universe uh, Jeep, topless Jeep lady is even more fun, though? What if she's like more fun in a parallel universe? Oh, I would imagine she's like a pastor at church or something like that. Oh, my goodness. She's the one or she's the one in the cop car in the interview. Okay. Um, All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thanks for checking us out. And if you've missed anything, download the podcast, which is dropped subject. So you can get caught up on all the things that we shared earlier in the show. Tomorrow, we're talking to Dr. Jen. We're talking to Jason Carter. Uh, We have to talk to him about uh, Lori Loughlin, too, because we didn't get a chance to talk about that in her guilty plea, which was entered today. So we'll talk about that tomorrow and a lot of other stuff and a new game that we're calling Dark Web Price is Right. Can't wait to get to that tomorrow. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. On the, next, on the next, drop the subject. On the next show, we debut a new game called The Dark Web Price is Right. Oh, yay, The Dark Web, where you can buy things like nightlights and high-end dark chocolate. Oh, wow. Do you know what The Dark Web is? Totally. I've been, like, really meaning to do darker decor in my home. Okay. Well, now I really can't wait to reveal what's on The Dark, dark Web. Is it rainbows? <laughs> yes. Rainbows! Drop the subject. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific, 1 to 4 Eastern on Channel Q.